0: You're listening to the Wave of Praise Christian Radio. Catch the wave. Catch the wave. Mm. I need just a little more Jesus. I
1: need just a little more
0: Jesus. I need just
1: a little more Jesus. I need just a little more Jesus. I
0: need just a little more Jesus. Jesus.
1: us for morning prayer sponsor this program follow us on twitter or even like us on facebook we can be found at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com
2: all right all right all right
0: how are you doing hey i am blessed 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 And highly favored. How about you? I'm
2: the same. I'm blessed as well. It's been a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful day in the neighborhood. (laughs) A beautiful week.
0: It's been nice (laughs) all week. and, And I thought, you know, what was very ironic is while we were enjoying 70, 80 degree sunshine weather, they were getting snow in Southern California. Wow.
2: Did you see? Well, I'm sure you did see it, but it was just amazing to see. And, you know, I talked to a friend of ours. She's in Los Angeles where she lived. She used to live in Los Angeles and and where she is. She said it was a lot of snow. And I just it's just so strange for and I know it's not the first time it snowed there, I guess, up in the mountains or whatever. But it just seemed to be strange.
0: Hey, man, it it just – listen, if somebody's got to have the 80 degrees in the sun and somebody's got to have the snow, I like it the way it was. I like having the 80 in the sun, and then I like to go to the snow when I want to ski. But it, it's been a beautiful week, and, and I believe they said just in a few days, like 10 or so, we'll be uh, – what is it? Springing forward, springing forward and adjusting yes. the clock so that we get longer days. I wish they just leave that clock where it is and let it alone. Yes.
2: On the 23rd, I believe it's supposed to be turning.
0: You, you know, um, I think your, your, your sound, I'm not hearing you very well, but you know, last week we talked about, last week we talked about um, who, and in the context of Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? Yes. And basically, who could stand against us and prevail is, is really how you want to interpret that, because many will stand against you, but who can prevail? None. And this week, just with the same... Uh, With the same cadence of that one word question, I wanted to talk about um, what if you think about it in terms of uh, God is omnipotent. We serve a God that knows everything. There is nothing that God does not know. And so when God asks a question and he does ask questions in the Bible, but when he asks a question, he does not ask because he's seeking to find or, or to gain knowledge of an answer. He already knows the answer. When God asks a question, he is typically trying to focus us on whatever it is that question is pointing to. And so today, what I'd love to do is talk about uh, the scripture. And there's a few others that go with it. But the scripture in Exodus 4, when God is having conversation, uh, and that's normally when we have difficulty in our life and we are seeking seeking the, the faith of God and the direction of God and God, Moses is talking to the Lord. And in Exodus chapter four, the Bible says, uh, Moses answered the Lord and said, what if they will not believe me or take uh, seriously what I say when God is commissioning him to go. And, uh, the Lord said, uh, he said, they may say to me, the Lord has not appeared to you. You're like, who do you think you are? And the <laughs> Lord said to him in verse two, what is in, what is that in your hand yes. and, um, and Moses answers back. They're having conversation. Moses said, I have a staff. But that's what we want to focus in on is in verse two, when the Lord answered back to Moses and said, what? Is that in your hand? And if you think about it in terms of of how God will come to you as you are seeking His intervention and His help, and you're asking Him to move the mountain and to open the door and to make the way and to heal this and to do this and to go here, and we're we're wanting God to do everything, and and God oftentimes will stop and and ask us questions like, what are you doing with what I gave you? Come what, on now. Uh, uh, whom shall I send and oh. and who will go? We're, we're wanting to, God, go to the hospital. God, go to the nursing home. God, go here. God, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Wait a minute. Wh- whom shall I send? Like you I've already come through Jesus Christ and I've already done the work and finished and finished the the work and, and it is good. And he said, I've already wrought the victory and now it's your turn that I would send you forth and you would go. And and you have to use what God has given you. So the question today is what has God given to you man
2: man you know what and when you said who will go i thought about isaiah and isaiah six where you know god says who will go for us and uh and isaiah said and i said here i am lord send send me and you know isaiah was a prophet but you know one thing is isaiah didn't have to go on his own god had equipped him had called him from his mother's womb to be a prophet And so what God gave him, what to say, what to do, where to go and and to stand in confidence as he released the word. So his gift was the being a a prophet. He spoke as God gave him the utterance. And even with us, God even is saying, is there a cause that you that he's sending you to or have designed you for? And you say, Lord, here I am. Send me. What is it that is in your hand that you can change the culture? or you can change your situation, you can speak to your family situation, you can speak to your body and and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. What is it in your hand? What is it that God has given you uh, to speak to the situation and to see a change happening in your life and in the life of others?
0: And and there are, what what it is that you will use is different depending on who you are, what he has gifted you with, what your calling is, and what the circumstance is. If you look at the life of David, uh, for Moses, he said, what is in your hand? And and Moses said, a staff, and that's what he wanted him to use. Use what's in your hand. For David... When he went uh, to the to the camp and saw that the men, his brothers, the king, and all the men's all the king's army was cowering in the camp from this giant that was uh, that was really uh, debasing the name of God. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And you remember when when uh, they he said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to fight this giant. And remember when the king was like, let me give you my armor. But that is not what God had given to David. So he could not wear the armor because you have to take what God has given to you. It's not what men will put upon you. It's not what you think is good for you, but what did God give to you? Because when you're fighting in this battle, the part that God anoints and the part that God empowers is what, and because the reason is, is because God has to ultimately be the one that gets glorified and Absolutely. receives all the honor. So if you put on the King's armor and you defeat the giant, the King will say something's great about his armor or he helped you to do it or accomplish it. So God wants to make sure that there is nothing else that can get the glory. We read that scripture uh, this morning in Isaiah when he said who will you liken me unto and whom shall I be uh, equal to he said there's none that will stand in my glory and I will share my glory with no other so when you go out to do the impossible God God does make it really really difficult for you and, near, and actually impossible for you to accomplish it without him without him you can do nothing but through Christ you can do all things so he wants to know what What is it that you have that I have given to you for Moses is a staff for David. It's a slingshot and a couple of smooth stones Uh, for the, for Paul and Silas. It is their praise at midnight in a jail when they are locked in stocks and bonds. You've got to take what you have and right where you are and do what God has told you to do. I promise you without him, what you have, it is is—it is not going to work. It is not sufficient. But when God breathes upon what he has given you, it is all you need to be successful and victorious in the circumstance that you are facing. God plus what you have. Is more than enough
2: And you know sometimes we, we discount What we have you know what I'm saying We don't think or we try to measure Up or we don't think we're adequate enough To use what God ha- Has given us it could Be a small thing but whatever God has given You with we say Supernatural God put his super On our natural that he will Cause it to to cause a change He will cause it to work and that Will give him glory and honor And you know I was thinking about this situation when you talked about with David, he only had, what, a slingshot and five, they said five smooth stones, but it only took one to bring the giant down. It only took
0: one. (laughs) It only only took one. It
2: only took one to bring that giant down. So, and then you look at Moses, and it was a rod. What does he have? You know, and some of you may think you are fenced in. The enemy has you uh, uh, fenced in. There's mountains on the side of you. There's a big old lake or not lake, but an ocean in the front of you, and they didn't really know what to do. Matter of fact, he told Moses, he stepped basically in our interpretation, stop complaining. Use what you got in your hand and that little, that rod. Now we know in the natural, that rod would do nothing, but you know what? But with God, that rod split the Red Sea and everyone went over it except the enemy that was chasing them. But what did it do? It showed the Israelites that that their God is mighty. Their God is awesome. There is nothing their God could do, couldn't do, and that God brought them out of a battle. Situation where they spent 400
0: years in slavery. So you and know, look at it though. As they are as they are going, first of all, God sends a deliverer, He sets them free, they're going into their promised land, and as they're going, I mean, this is think about it in your life. He gives you a promise, brings you, it looks like he's bringing you into it. And as you're walking toward the promise, you look up and there is a brick wall or some impenetrable obstacle that you cannot get through. That was their Red Sea. It's like, wait a minute. In order to get to what he promised me, I got to go through a sea that I cannot pass through. It's impossible. And not only can I not pass through, but if I look behind the one he delivered, Delivered me from is coming fast on my heels and threatening to kill me. And and you remember what they said? It is better if we had just stayed there in the and stayed as slaves and died over there, because you brought us out here to kill us. Listen sometimes where God is taking us to, it, it's always better than where He's bringing us from, but sometimes what He is taking us to, we've got to go through some, matter of fact, all the time, we got to go through some stuff to get to it, and unfortunately for us, if you're not walking by faith, the go-through looks more difficult than the what He's taking you into, and if you're not careful, you'll murmur and complain and miss the blessing. So you've got to, the, the only way to Get through what you have to get through so you can achieve what he has for you on the other side is you've got to take him at his word. The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Last time I looked it up, through means through. I'm going in, but I'm coming out. And you've got to take him at his word that I'm going in and no matter what I encounter in the the midst of it, he promised I'm going through. So I've got to come out on the other side i don't know how he's gonna do it there's a red sea before me no one's ever seen the red sea part so they weren't thinking of parting the red sea no one's ever seen anyone walk through the red sea because it's a little steep in the middle so they didn't know how god was going to do it they didn't see a way for god to do it that's why he said my ways, not your ways my thoughts not your thoughts. I'm going to bring you out in a way that you have never imagined or thought of because again, I must be the one who gets all of the glory.
2: Wow. And that is awesome. There's a scripture that says Philippians two and 13 says, for it is God who worketh in us or in you, the will to act on behalf of his good purpose. So he's already given you what you need to act On his good purpose. I'm going to read that again. It says for God. For it is God. For it is God. It who, is God. works in you to will and to do and and to act on behalf of His good purpose. But you know something, while I'm up here meditating upon that rod, I keep going back to it, and I was thinking about you know that rod that He used was used for something else as well. It also was used in order to a uh, challenge of the demons in that land when they laid down when they released the snakes or when He laid down the Absolutely. rod. And, he, and so the thing is, is that and it was one I, I believe was something that might have been another incident where he used that rod i know he used it for walking but but what I, the point i'm trying to make is that that gift that god has given you It's going to be used to break strongholds. It's going to be used to bring people out of darkness. Uh, It's going to be used to lift people out of captivity and and break the back of the enemy. I mean, that gift or that uh, whatever is in your hand is going to be used in order to bring deliverance to a people that were in darkness People who were in captivity and people who don't even know who they are, that you will shine the light of his glory in a dark world. And that's something that we and the thing about it is when we talk about the gifts, we're talking about gifts. We're talking about what God has the talents and skills. But the the thing about it is this, is that he gives it to you. And then he gives you the instructions on how to to basically to use what he has given you. And, you know, there's another scripture that says I can't. Quoted verbatim, but it talks about that these giftings, when you exercise these gifts, when you step out on confidence and exercise the gift, you will know how to use them. He said basically that you you probably make some kind of mis- make some mistakes. He said, but listen, it's the exercise, practice it, and it will do what God has called it to do. Remember, it says God it is God who works in you to will and to act on behalf of his good Purpose. He has a purpose for our life. He's already equipped us. It's already in us. It by the Holy Ghost would be activated in a relationship with God and talking with him, communicating with him will also bring that gift to to manifestation. And you'll see what and- God can do.
0: No, that's good, and you know, when you talked about the fact that Moses had, God had used the the staff, the rod in Moses' hand before, and, and that just, that is just, uh, just like God because he does, he wants you, he builds us up on our most holy faith. In other words, what's in your hand? When he asked him what's in your hand, it's a twofold question. It is to cause him to remember, did I not? deliver you with what's in your hand before did i not show up for you Mm -hmm. when it looked like you didn't have a solution and an answer to what the enemy was doing against you once before did i not make a way before what's in your hand? Remember, and that's what He wants us to do. Recall to mind the goodness of God. The Bible says, and therefore I've got hope. When I remember what He did for me, and they used to say it like this when I was, you know, when we were in testimony service, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He has done for me, when I recall to mind what God did for me on yesterday, last week, last month, when I was 12, 15, 22, when I remember how he brought me through the wilderness and through the fire, delivered me through the cancer and the affliction. When I remember when I was at Mm. my witch's end and I didn't want, I didn't know which way to go and didn't want to go anyway, but God came through and he brought me out. He said, remember what is in your hand? What did I do for you before? And am I not the same God? Didn't he have to say that? Didn't he have to say that to the people of God many times? Am I not the same Uh. God? I did it for you before. Won't he do it? for you again. He said, is
2: there anything too hard for
0: me to? Anything. Do?
2: And you know, I also like to encourage you in, in God what God has given you in your hand to use. You know, when you were talking about the situations that you went through, I started thinking about remembering, like you said to remember what God had done for me as well. And you know, it was a, 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 a you I had to really and I know you did too, had to stand on that word. See, faith is a tool too. Faith is a tool. It is the tool that will cause things to happen in your life. And you know, when you use what God has put in your hand, you got to stand and believe that God is for you and he's not against you. When you stand in faith, you have the confidence to know that God's going to provide that breakthrough. And I can remember some things, one particular incident that I got a, a, a diagnosis from the doctor. And I told him right then, I said, I ain't going out like that. And that was my mantra. I continued to say that to the point where when I had to go back for the examination, the man said, well, what was there before? I don't see it no more. And that gave me the opportunity to witness to this man because I, the doctor, because I believe he was a Buddhist. And, he, mm. and then when he said to me, you know what he said to me? He says, God talks to you. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> and, he'll talk, and he'll talk to you too. But I said, I'm not, I'm not going out like that. I'm not doing that. And that's the faith that God He's given us the faith to stand. And to believe, be bold. To be bold and empowered to say, I'm not going out like that. And you can imagine. And you know,
0: when David, when David was before Goliath, did he not recall to mind what God had done? Yes. He said, The same God who delivered the lion and the bear into my hands, it is the same God that will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine because he is talking against the most holy God. And and that's what we have to get that, that tenacity and that, that boldness to say he is the same God. He's the one who delivered you when your back was against the wall. He's the one who brought you out of darkness into the marvelous light. He's the one who wrote your name in the palm of his hand and promised never to forget or to forsake you. He is the same God. And you know, I don't know if you remember this song, but Shirley Caesar used to sing a song that he'll do it again. And I just looked up the lyrics and it says, you may feel down and you may feel like God. God has somehow forgotten that you are faced with circumstances that you can't get through. But right now, it seems that there's no way out and you're going under. God's proven time and time and time again, he'll take care of you and he'll do it again. He's proven it before and he'll do it again. He'll take care of you. Just when you think that you have run out of options and that there is no way out, he says, I'll never get you into a place without giving you a way of escape. I always will give you a way out. And guess what that way is? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way is in him. So you've got to, listen, what... You got to look to Jesus, wasn't it? Uh, Peter, he, he says, "Lord, if that be you, bid me come." And he says, "Come." And mm-hmm. as long as he was, as long as he was focused on the way, the truth, and the life, as long as his eyes were focused on Jesus, the Bible says. Would well, some people like to focus on the fact that he he began to sink and and you know he didn't walk that long? I'm a glass half full person. I focus on the fact he's the only one that got out oh, of the boat, wow. and he's the only one that I know besides Jesus that walked on the water, at least that was recorded, and he got out of the boat, and he's got his eyes on Jesus, and the Bible says he is walking on the water, not until he began to listen to the boisterous wind, and probably the disciples yelling at him from the boat, and look at the waves and everything around him, did he begin to sink, but as long as he kept his eyes on God, and isn't that what the children of, of Israel said? They said, Lord, we don't know what to do. Yes. but our eyes our are eyes on you
2: are on you we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you and you know what I was just going back to Peter and I'm you you know when you said what what is in your hand and in Peter he had the faith to believe that he's right. able to walk on water. Now, he did get distracted. Now, we all know that. He got distracted. He started looking at the waves and how they were uh, splashing against the boat, and and he, and he got afraid. And so he sank. But the thing about it is, and people always harp on the on the part, well, he's saying, yeah, but listen, he said, help me, Lord. And God helped him. Uh, God even spoke to him. He said, why didn't you believe? Or why did you have doubt? But one thing for sure is, that he was the only one that got out of that boat. And, you know, even as I'm talking right now, that God sometimes puts you in a place where you're going to be the only one that's going to be able to stand and prove who he is. There are times that God's going to put you in situations. People are not going to understand it. They may talk about you. They may not help you or whatsoever. But if you keep your eyes on God and do what he tells you to do, if you have faith in God, he's definitely going to bring you through that particular, that particular situation. And not only that particular race situation, it'll build your faith for the next situation. That's what happened with David when he said, oh, I remember the bear and the lion. He said, I remember when I slayed that. I gave him the confidence to say, if I slayed the bear and the lion, surely I can take down this giant or whatever situation he was. Ra- and you know what? It was so funny. And I and this this is a little side note. I thought about that scripture yesterday. It was a dog in the car. My mother was going to the beauty shop, and you know she's on a walker. And he looked like he was trying to jump out that that car, you know, to get to her. And I said to myself, honey, if he does, I said, I'm going to do like David did, honey. I listen. I he slayed the lion. He slayed the bear. And surely I can take care of this dog. I know that's a side, that's a side note. Hopefully you all are laughing, but listen, that was the confidence to know that I don't care how big that dog is. I don't care how big the situation is. I'm going to step into this thing and I'm going to see what God is going to do. There is another scripture when Jonathan had to face the Philistines and when all the Israelites were hiding in caves, he and his servants said, we're going to go up here and we're going to fight them. He said, whether by many or by few, we're going to see what the Lord's going to do. And as a Mm. result of them fighting those two, they said they took down 25 men before they, before the others decided to come up out of those caves. But what it did was because they act with what, they had in their hands... The other ones gain uh, confidence and they begin to join in the fight. Sometimes it's going to take just you, the forerunner, going to the battle, going to the situation. You think you may be by yourself, but what it will do is to break a stronghold that will cause others to rise up and come with you. Sometimes you got to be the forerunner. You got to be the one that's going to take the hits because what's happening is it's going to break through and it's going to cause others to join in the fight and this is going to cause others to receive the victory in their lives
0: and you know the, the uh, last example before we close in prayer is Jesus when he was uh, walking in the earth you remember when uh, there were many that had come out to hear him minister and they, they became hungry and they said uh, these people are going to faint if we send them away and he said what do you have what do you have? It says, all we've got is a young lad with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. He said, that'll do. And I'm here to tell you that all you need to do is offer to God what you have. I don't have much, that'll do. This (laughs) isn't that great, that'll do. My talents aren't that, there's others with greater talents and greater abilities, greater, That'll that'll do. Take what you have, take what you have, use what you've got do it right where you are and watch God make the difference in your life. Whatever you got, that's all you need because God is the one that's going to make the difference anyway. You could have had 15 fish and 25 loaves of bread. It wouldn't have been enough except God breathed upon it and God blessed it and God multiplied. So nothing you have would ever be enough for what you need except God bless it anyway. You need God to make the difference in your Life. I challenge you today. Consider what you have and offer it unto God and watch Him make the difference in everything Amen. that you have. Amen. Thank you for
2: joining us. Continue to join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. God bless.
0: No more Jesus. I need your yeah. Jesus. I need just a little more Jesus. I need just just
1: little more, Thank you for tuning in. This has been Twyla Hall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? Come visit us at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We'd like you to join us for morning prayer. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. Even see how you can sponsor this show. Again, it's www.whatdoesthelordsay.com.